So what do you got cooking this weekend, huh? Put your head between your legs in the brace position and get ready for another week of bats hitting balls. Balls through nets and off rackets with coaches blowing up and referees entering the witness protection program. Sit back, relax and enjoy what Triple M modestly calls the Weekend Legends. Good morning and thanks for joining us. Wins overnight to Australia in the nines, the Wanderers in the A-League and the Sydney Kings in the NBL. Now, Andrew Rose, I detect a bit of a croak in your voice. Have you been chatting a lot lately? Yes, Chris Gale. This is the Coliseum weekend. I was yelling at wrestling all last night, and I'll be doing it again tonight. Why, why is your voice so bad? Is that just your normal voice? I just got a bad okay. voice. <laughs> okay. Coming up this hour, Australian race-calling legend Johnny Tapper is going to take us through the Everest. It's already eclipsing Melbourne's Caulfield Cup, and we love it. We're talking to, we talked to Mal Meninga in the first hour. Now Johnny Tapper in the second hour. How much does this show rule? We are so lucky, I'm telling you. <laughs> We're also going to look at the uh, more of the nines action that's happening this weekend. We're also going to look at this new 25-year deal that keeps the grand final in Sydney. Also, we've got your chance to win Supercross tickets as Supercross is back. Win Stadium Wollongong November 9 tickets via Ticketmaster. Your chance to win a little bit later in the show. But up next, fresh off Socceroos duties, Sydney FC's Andrew Redmayne is joining us ahead of Match Day Sunday in Sydney suburbia. That's Wanderers fan. That's that's (laughs) going to be next. It's the Weekend Legends on Triple M. It's the radio equivalent of chowing down on a bacon and egg roll at your kids' under six soccer. Flynn's ah. Weekend Legends. Here for your Saturday morning with Chris and Rose. And the A-League season, guys, has kicked off with a great win for Sydney FC yes. last week. But it's not every day we get to chat to someone fresh from international duties, Chris. That's so true, Lachlan. We're lucky enough to talk this morning to Andrew Redmayne from Sydney FC. Andrew, you take on the Wellington Phoenix tomorrow evening, 6pm at Leichhardt Oval. This is a nomadic period for your club, I'm an old Balmain Tigers fan. We think Leichhardt Oval is the eighth wonder of the world. How's it playing out for you guys? Is it getting to start to feel like a fortress? Um, yeah, it was great to um, obviously play a few games there last year. And it was, you know, it's a fantastic boutique kind of stadium. It's got so much character and, you know, you really feel the crowds on top of you. And I think that's going to be a, uh, an encouraging factor for us tomorrow night. Uh, Andrew, it's Rose here, mate. Uh, I'm the diehard Sydney FC fan of the show, uh, one of the boys from Moorpark Road, and uh, I'm very excited to have you boys back this year, starting off last week with a great 3-2 victory over Adelaide. But something I noticed in that game, which I think is going to become a theme this year in the A-League, is the VAR. It it, it had a big play in a lot of the deciding factors in that game. How do you feel uh, going forward with the VAR? Yeah, I think, I mean, you you see it not only in the A-League, but I think now in the Premier League as well. It's a new system, but I think it's going to be good for the game. We just have to kind of give it time. So there's there's obviously still a few things that need ironing out, but I think we're getting the correct calls and you know, it, it takes away a bit of the, the animosity towards the referees. Yeah. But, you know, it's a new system. It'll take time, but I think it's a positive for the game. So you kind of just got to learn to adapt to uh, the ever-evolving game that is football. Yeah, you've got to adapt, right, Chris? And so it's been controversial so far, the VAR, but I'm all for it. we got a 3-2 win. I'm fine with it, right? <laughs> but yeah. I, I guess one of the adaptations is the traditional spontaneity of the celebration of a goal. Now sometimes it's a delayed response. Yeah, that's tough. And it was interesting, I saw the last wicket when Australia retained the Ashes in the cricket, and there was a different type of excitement as they all huddled around and then celebrated. Can you handle that delayed spontaneity, Andrew? Yeah, I, I think I can. I think, like I said, it's, it's an ever-evolving game, and I think this is just a, another change that is kind of coming to it. But I think, you know, you're going to celebrate um, just as much, but I think, you know, if if it went the other way and a team celebrated a goal that wasn't a goal, yeah. I mean, imagine imagine the heartache of of conceding a late goal that wasn't actually a yeah. goal. Ooh. So, 
you got to be on both sides of the coin, I guess. So, like I said, there's adaptations that need to be made, and um, you know, it's good that football's getting the, the the right call every time now. This year, Costa Barbarousas has been added to your strike power, and he's partnering with Adam Lafondra. And there's a bit of talk in the media yesterday about how good that partnership is. Mm. Not only are they sharing traits on the field, but apparently on the training ground and away from the paddock. Can you share what some of those things are? Are they starting to dress the same, or what's going on? <laughs> oh, well, they're both kitted out by the same manufacturer. Ah, yeah, that'll be right. <laughs> I hope you're getting yeah, some of that love. Nah. <laughs> No, I've, I've got none of that love. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're both pretty much the same stature as well. So, I don't know. They might share starts here in undies or something. No, I don't well. know, so. You know, the, the big thing... <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> the big thing for Sydney FC fans this year is that we have the potential as a team to be the first team to go back-to-back since Brisbane did it at the turn of the decade. Now, as we know, in Rugby League this year, the Roosters went back-to-back with their titles and they banned the words back-to-back in the training room, it's not allowed to be said you're going to curse the whole thing. Is that the same as Sydney FC? Is back-to-back off the list? No, no. I'm, we haven't really spoken about last season's success. We celebrated it while we had it. Wholeheartedly moved on since then. I mean, we've made some great signings, like you said, Costa and yeah. um, Alex Bomian and Luke Bratton, Ryan McGann. I think our squad on paper is ridiculously good and we know what we can do and you know, there hasn't been any talk about back-to-back, but we just know that if, if we click it together this year, then, you know, anything's possible. Yeah, and Andrew, you know, that's a very wise and thought-out answer by you because I'm speaking like a devout Sydney FC fan. We win one game, our hands on the title. I mean, we're going back-to-back. <laughs> that's how, that's I, how we I apologise for that, Andrew. <laughs> Sydney FC take on Wellington Phoenix tomorrow, 6pm at Leichhardt Oval. Get behind FC as they look yes. to claim back-to-back A-League titles. Andrew Redmayne, thank you for your time. And good luck tomorrow, mate. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate. Come on, you boys in blue. Kicking you right in the weekend. Triple M's Weekend Legends. Some big news coming for Sydney sporting fans announced this week. Rose, what is it? What? What What are you talking about? What are you asking me for? Oh, you're yeah, talking don't about ask the Rose. Oh, sorry. I was distracted by your excess. <laughs> I was dancing over here to Michael Hutchins. You're correct, Lachlan. The big news uh, coming out of Sydney this week is the new news about the grand final, right? So we, we know that SFS is being rebuilt, Chris. We know that ANZ is going to get some construction coming up pretty soon. After right? the State of Origin next year. Right. So they're going to have that make the decision about where the grand finals are going to be. And there was a lot of money flying around this week. You'd know better about the financial stuff than I do, Chris. But apparently they've settled on a 25-year deal. It will stay in Sydney. And that means the next two years we're getting grand finals at the SCG. That's correct, Rose. So if Inexcess is talking about disappear, the grand final is not disappearing from Sydney. Stop it. At least until 2046, because it's a deal that's been signed for that long. Oh, well, I don't care. It's I'm not going to be around 2046, so it doesn't affect me. <laughs> yeah, the shape you're in, I think 2026 is yeah, an issue. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but the grand final is locked into the SCG for the next two years. Now, there have been thoughts because of the construction out at ANZ that there'd be one year at the SCG and it'd be a chance to take the game on the road. What, one year would be ideal. Well, only for one year, yeah. yeah so yeah, and then, yeah. then the ANZ reconstituted, because they're not tearing it down, they're refurbishing, refurbishing it. Refurbishing. Would mean there was only the 2021 grand final to sort out. Well, the New South Wales government has intervened. <laughs> it's a $16 million rescue passage, package. Why? Why did they intervene? Because rugby league fans in Sydney want to keep this institution in Sydney, Rose. Look, I, I, I know you're not going to like me saying this, but why? what's wrong with just giving Brisbane one grand final? 
Don't look at me like that, Lachlan. That's Suncorp. We know Magic Round is fun, right? Suncorp is one of the best venues in this country for rugby league. Are we really that precious that we can't give Brisbane one grand final? You're not seeing the big picture here, Rose. Yeah, all right. Apart from Brisbane, Perth threw the hat in the ring, and of course, the great city of Melbourne had its hat in the ring. And the plan was to do a sequel to the AFL grand final, the rugby league grand final down at the MCG. Let me tell you something, Chris Gale. As long as I'm alive on this planet, Melbourne are never getting one of our grand finals. They're never leaving Sydney. Sign another deal. Amen to that, brother. I'm flipped. Reading between the lines, I think it's safe to say that Rose hates Sydney and in particular hates the SCG. What do you think? Should Sydney have let the grand final go? One triple three five three. We want to hear your thoughts. But we, the Legends, are glad it stayed for 25 years. It's uh, something for the new generation of purists to get angry about then. Sure, we can scream at the SCG for the next two years. Something that might stick around for 25 years is the Ever- Everest Racing Carnival and mm. iconic caller Johnny Tapp is going to join us in the next 10 minutes to tell us why. It's on the Weekend Legends, Triple M. Put your feet up on the dash, recline the seat, and let these guys take the wheel, metaphorically. Obviously. Triple M's Weekend Legends. With Chris and Rose on Triple M and the Everest Racing Carnival at Randwick is Sydney Racing's Day of Days. And Chris, we have racing royalty about to join us on the line. We certainly do, Lachlan. The Everest runs at 4.15pm this afternoon over 1,200 metres and it's worth $14 million, Rose. Wow. To take us through the great race is Australian race calling legend Johnny Tapp. Johnny, good morning. Good morning, lads. How are you doing? Good, thank you, Johnny. We're very excited to be talking to you, and there is more than 40,000 excited people flocking to Royal <laughs> Randwick today as the Everest really goes head-to-head with the Melbourne's Caulfield Cup. Is this already the biggest day in Sydney racing over just after just three years? Well, it may be to uh, the new racing generation, but certainly not to a bloke who goes back through the great history of races like the Doncaster and the Derby. Uh, the Everest, to me, is one of many wonderful events on the uh, Sydney turf. Uh, Johnny Tapp, it's Rose here, mate. Uh, the sentimental favourite for this race seems to be Red Zell. Uh, looking to go three for three. It's a dry check today. Uh, what do you think Red Zell's chances are? Ah. Red Zell's chances are very bright. Uh, this is probably stronger than the two previous Everests uh, that he won in 17 and 18. Uh, he'll get a perfect run, though. Uh, I can envisage Nature Strip coming over from Barrier 12 to find the lead. I think the Irish horse will be very handy, 10 sovereigns. Yeah. And it, with an ounce of luck, Red Zell is going to settle down in third or fourth posse. He'll get a perfect run somewhere in the straight. Those very conspicuous red colours yeah. are going to loom up and uh, give his back as a thrill whether he'll be able to hold off some of the late storming finishers remains to be seen. Johnny, I feel like you're already calling oh, us to the race. This, this is fantastic. This is so good. <laughs> if we look at the markets, the, uh, the favourite currently is Santa Anna Lane, trained by Anthony Friedman. And on the second line of betting is Arcadia Queen, trained by Chris Waller. He has three horses in the race, plus two in the Caulfield Cup. He's very prolific, isn't he? Well, he's got a lot of horses in work. I think... I really don't know. There are conflicting reports as to how many are on the books at the Waller camp. All right. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine a couple of hundred. <laughs> so, so when you look at those figures, it's no real surprise that he has multiple representation in all of these big races. We're talking to the great Johnny Tapp. Uh, Johnny, the Sydney-Melbourne rivalry in any sport, in any realm, is something we love here at the Weekend Legends. Peter Volandis this week was uh, saying that if they moved the Melbourne Cup to any Tuesday, Melbourneers would stop and get involved. Is he just stirring the pot there or what? Of course he is. (laughs) (laughs) 
Peter Volandis is a very clever fellow. Um, he was in Melbourne, of course, knowing full well that he was getting top media attention right. because of, uh, you know, uh, uh, because of the well-documented rivalry. Uh, Peter knew that by making a comment like that, the Everest Carnival was going to get publicity that he could never pay for, and he was right. He's such a smart operator. I think Racing Victoria Chair Brian Kruger simply responded. Tell him he's dreaming. Yes. And, Johnny, it's been a dream for us to be able to talk to you today with the Everest running out at Royal Randwick. Thank you so much for your time. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks for thinking of me. That's the Everest happening today. But tonight, we have so much more to look forward to in the Rugby League World Cup Nines. And what we've noticed is there's less of a carnival feel. Now we're back with Triple M's Weekend Legends. The Legends. Conditions apply. See in store for details. This show may have a laxative effect. It's the Weekend Legends with Chris and Rose. Don't forget, if you missed our first hour, we were a bit analytical about the Nines action last night, and we also had a great chat to Mal Meninga. Oh, how good was it to talk to the great Mal Meninga? you got to check it out on the podcast. That was good, right, Chris? Genuine thrill. Yeah, you were, you were like a school kid. But with a big day ahead, guys, we need to know what to look out for at the World Cup Nines. It's the second day and the final day, Lachlan, of the Rugby League World Cup Nines out of Bankwest Stadium. It's about to kick off in about 20 minutes. Yeah, right. So it's a gala day. The Australians, both men and women, are coming off the back of victories against New Zealand last night, Rose. Solid victories. Very solid. The Australian men take on the US at 2.10pm this afternoon, immediately followed by the women taking on England. Should be another solid victory for both. (laughs) And then at 5.15pm, we've got again a men and women's double, both against Papua New Guinea. And the finals commence around about 6.55pm. Beautiful. Wins all day. (laughs) They're hoping for a crowd, and it is a beautiful Sydney morning. It's a so lovely day. Should be a great Sydney afternoon. They're looking for about 17,000 people. Mm-hmm. When one talks about these uh, limited number of side formats, they talk about the carnival atmosphere. Yeah. And it will be a carnival atmosphere, but I think it's a little less carnival. Why do you think that is? First of all, it's a bit more serious from the player's point of view, I think, because it's a World Cup. Right. The words World Cup make everyone play a bit harder, right? Stakes are higher. Yep. For a Sydney crowd... It, it is internationals, so international teams. So the clubs aren't represented, and I think the Sydney crowd's probably not turning out in as great numbers as a result. Right, because of the clubs. Speaking of the clubs, do you think it has anything to do with the, you know, we just hit the end of the rugby league season, people might be a little bit burnt out? I don't know. Can you ever get tired of rugby league, Rose? Well, I can't even consider that. No, I mean, that. we played that audio of Fox scoring the try, and it was like I was straight back to round six. I was like straight back in the NRL. It was awesome. So it'd be absolutely worth heading out there because it's a different format, and some of the rules are quite intriguing. Now, okay, hit me. Nine players per side, nine minutes per half. Oh, really? That's why it's the nine. <laughs> Unlimited interchange, which takes us all the way back to Super League. Interesting. Okay. You can just roll on big forward after big forward, except it's nines and they get tired. Yeah, yeah. Got that bit. The sin bin, <laughs> unsurprisingly, is only for three minutes. Oh, okay. That's a, I don't mind that. Drop kick conversions. So no place kicking and a 25 second shot clock. I like a place kick. I don't know. Drop kicks make me uncomfortable. It's too and, close to union. <laughs> and there's an incentive when you cross the line to take it under the uprights because if you put it under the uprights, you're in the bonus zone, and that is a five-point try. The bonus zone? The bonus zone. Oh, sorry, I zone. heard that differently there. Yeah, right. So you get extra points if you put it under the post. I, I don't mind that either. But there are a couple of rules that are interesting that might be applicable in the NRL going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, one of them is a 2040 rule involving Mitchell Moses. The shot, the 20-40 is a rule in the nines. You know all about the 40-20, but if you want to yeah. kick long, well, hello, there we go. go. Here we go, 20-40. It's Why close. Not? It's got oh, yes. Yes. Here it is. The commentator's curse is beaten.
So the 2040, essentially the 4020, the other way around. I, I'm all for it because it's just more chances for defensive teams to get out of their half, right? Well, yeah. Well, it's an offensive team that's been trapped Sorry. in their own red yes. zone yes. and they're having trouble getting out and they can roll the dice to mm. get the pressure off. So it adds variation to the game. You said that way better than I did. That's no problem. <laughs> Well, there'd be a fundamental issue here. I'm smarter than you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, okay. But the other thing is that they're resolving draws at full time with golden try rather than golden point. Gee, oh. I, gee that appeals to me. I don't yeah. like golden point. Yeah, you know what? I do like the idea of golden try, but it would, wouldn't work in NRL. We'd be sitting there forever. We'd be sitting there forever waiting for a try. Well, no, I just think it changes the way in which extra time is played. I think what happens in the current situation with Golden Point, it becomes this unrealistic version of rugby league, which is almost like the NFL marching down yeah, for no, a, I get it, a, a I get field it. goal. It's field positioning and you go for that kick, but it's exciting, right? You, know, you can't tell me those field goal battles back and forth, oh, it just missed the post, isn't an exciting thing, and the, tries would take too long. The point of the game is to score oh, a you're try. You're such a purist. And if you can't get it done in 10 minutes in regular season, then goal to Golden I Point, say, knock yourself out. If I ever extra try, man, scissors, paper, rock. Winner wins. <laughs> Biggest innovation, though, coloured goalposts. What do you think the goalposts turn colour when they score a try or a conversion? Oh, I'll come and think about please it. Please don't tell me it's green and gold. It's just green. Oh, okay. If they miss the conversion, what colour is it? Uh, red. Five-point try? You'll oh, never get it. Right, orange. Purple. But they're not showing it on TV. <laughs> they're not showing it on TV. Wait, the, wait. the posts light up and they don't film it on the television. Well, they're just always focusing on the person who scored. I don't <laughs> want to see who scored. I want to see the coloured goalposts. <laughs> Haven't they learned anything from AFLX? <laughs> Catch the World Cup nines this afternoon and Australia's match against the USA, which should be a cracker. It'll be a hard-fought game for the Aussies, you'd have to think. I think so. But next, with so much sport going on, it might be a little bit much to take in. And we found some gens that you might not have heard this week. And we're going to tell you about them next. It's the Weekend Legends on Triple M. On the weekend, there are two types of people. Those that listen to Triple M and those that don't. These are their stories. What? Weekend Legends. With Chris and Rosen, we've had a massive show, and don't forget mm-hmm. to get the podcast after we're done to hear our chats with Brad Newley from the Sydney Kings, Andrew Redmayne from Sydney FC, the Governor, Johnny Tapp, and Mal Meninga. What a show. That's what you missed in this show, but here's what you missed in this week's sport. Wait, what? What did I miss? Everyone saw Elliot Kipchoge break the two-hour barrier in the marathon, Rose. Yeah, what's his name again? Elliot Kipchoge. Bless you. Uh, Jack Rayner, Stuart McSwain, Brett Robinson, Pat Tin, and were all part of the pacing squad, all Aussies. Mm. But what you probably missed was that Bridget Kozgi, and it's not easy to say, I think it's Kozgi. Yep. <laughs> she broke the Women's World Marathon record this week. Yeah, nice. Two hours, 14 minutes, four seconds. She broke it by a lazy 81 seconds. All right, everyone calm down. Everyone running so fast. Did you see any of the eerie photographs from uh, the North Korea-South Korea soccer match that happened this week, Chris? I assume not because they'd be censored and not released, yeah, right? Yeah, it happened in North Korea. South Korea show up. Firstly, the accommodation's terrible, right? You expect all that stuff. They show up. There's no fans. This stadium is empty. No media's allowed in. They played a game, but no one saw it. <laughs> like a Gold Coast Titans game. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what about the fact that the women's big bashes started, Rose? You might have missed um, that the Sixers beat the Thunder last night at North City Oval. I did not miss that at all. I'm a huge Sixers fan. Go, Sixers! They got up by 49 runs. Elise Perry, 81 runs, 2 for 13. Just another day at the office for Elise. What a gun. I, I don't want to bring a downer on the water I missed this week, but uh, you know, Patrick Day, the young boxer who passed away this week, uh, got knocked out in a match. You've got to spare a thought for him and his family. It's awful, yeah. It's a terrible thing to see. We know boxing is dangerous. Let's just keep that in mind in all these contact sports, that these guys are putting their lives on the line to entertain us. So shout out to the Day family. Yeah, no, and um, we probably should have thought this through because my next bit was about poor old Mitch Marsh who <laughs> punched a wall in the hole in the dressing room <laughs> in the Shield game when he was playing Tasmania over at the Wacker, and he said it's pretty uncharacteristic for me to punch a wall. So 
<laughs> you uh, speaking of contact sports, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Did I say that right, Lachlan? Nurmagomedov. Uh, thank you. Very Bless good. You. <laughs> uh, you know he's the champion, the undefeated champion in UFC. He's got a new training regime. He's now not only swimming; he's swimming in a lake upstream. He's like a <laughs> he's like a deadly salmon. <laughs> I, I don't want to pick up on your geography here, but that's got to be like a river or something. It can't be just a lake. You can't go upstream it's in a lake. Can dead set. Okay, whatever. I don't know my water based. Objects. Okay. Features. It's a it's a moat. It's I don't know it's what a stream. it is. Yeah, exactly what it is. It's like running with lead in your boots, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really it's it's high pressure training, and uh, that's why he's undefeated. Chris Gale, what a weekend of sport we have coming up. What what's what's on your platter? The wrestling, the Everest, the league, the union. Okay, let's get the real. brave blossoms. What's your pick for Coliseum? Uh, of course, my boy, Matty Wahlberg. Oh, of course you say that. I'm going to say tough stuff, Ricky South. Enjoy the nines. Good luck to the Wallabies, Sydney FC, and the Sydney Kings. Yes. It's a big weekend of sport ahead. We'll be back this time next week, and we'll catch you then. See ya. The Weekend Legends on Triple M.